Welcome to Fantasy Football UK, real fantasy chat in a ridiculous fantasy league. Yo, 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 welcome to uh, Saturday 20th of June, APSI League podcast, or now the Fantasy Football UK podcast. Uh, miss me. Exciting rebrand. Yeah, right. Uh, also, new host. Only three episodes in, yeah. yeah. Four episodes, actually. Thank you. Get it right. Yeah, sorry, I didn't bother with the first one. Understandable. Piece of shit. Uh, talking piece of shit, our usual co-host, Craig, is not here because he apparently got shit-faced earlier on in the day watching the Watford match. Um, so instead we have new I host. don't blame him. If I uh, supported them, I'd be shit-faced every weekend too. Yeah, right, apparently. Uh, but we've got Jake here instead. Jake, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much for stepping in and picking up the torch. I'm sure you'll do a much better job and speak a lot more clearly than Craig normally does. I mean, the bar has been set low, so uh, not feeling the pressure today. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we've got a good show today. Uh, obviously, we've got our usual news and notes section, and then we've got a bit of a rankings dispute here. We've got, uh, we're working with the QB top 12, and we're going to be looking through them, discussing where we differ from the ECR, the expert consensus rankings. And then we've got a nice little segment at the end where we break down the teams who have lost their divisions, who have the best chance to win the division this year. Um, Obviously, they lost less than a year ago, so we're not necessarily expecting them to win, but we're breaking down the ones who have the best chance. So if we kick off with news and notes, I mean, uh, we have Terry McLaurin, Last week, he came out and says he wants to dominate, which I would love. I had him on my team last year. His, their new OC, Scott Turner, will be apparently spreading the ball around more. I'm not sure. Do you see the the difference in stats? Obviously, Case Keenum is no longer at Redskins. It's going to be all Dwayne Haskins. Terry McLaurin, for me, is one that scares the shit out of me. The difference between Case Keenum and, and, and Haskins his 16-game pace with Keenan was 66 receptions for 1,115 yards with 13 touchdowns. And then with Dwayne Haskins, 68 receptions, fine. 1,009 yards, okay. But two touchdowns over the course of 16 games. Dwayne, I know he was a rookie last season, but he needs to step it up if Terry McLaurin is going to have any sort of value for me personally. His ADP currently is not somewhere that I want a part of it. He's going 5-11. Bearing in mind that around that time you can get DJ Chark, Stefan Diggs, Darren Waller. See, for me, I think uh, the wide receiver's value comes from the QB. The QB's value comes from the O-line. The Redskins have done well. They've um, shored up their O-line a little bit this offseason. They've taken two left-side guards uh, and tackles in the draft. So they're rookies. They're building up. The right side has worked together uh, for the last two, three seasons now. Um, the franchise tagged their left guard, um, Scherft. You mean So Scherf. it looks like Dwayne Haskins could have the protection he needs to start airing it out. Uh, Terry McLaurin's roots, they look good in the, in the highlight reels uh, and in some of the ones where he, he dropped. I think he's got the potential. I mean, we've seen what he can do last season. I think having an extra bit of off-season and the training camps to get in a good uh, relationship with Dwayne Haskins is only going to benefit him. Yeah, uh, see, people have said that, but I'm not sure if you saw it. But last season, he he outperformed his expected score uh, six times in 14 games. So the majority of the time, he underperformed. Um, and of those six times where he outperformed his projections... Four of them were with Case Keenum. I I mean, I know Haskins, he's slimmed down and stuff, so he, he's apparently lost is it 22 pounds of, of yeah. fat. So apparently he's, he's slimmed down. So, I mean, maybe he was second overall pick. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Dwayne's going to be the next Russell Wilson, but, you know, the man is mobile in the pocket. He's got the ability to extend some plays for those deeper routes. Uh, so we may be seeing those touchdowns go up for Terry this year. Interesting. I, I, I think a, maybe a better comp, given the, given the new coaching staff over in Redskins, maybe more Cam than than Russell for Dwayne Haskins could be an interesting 
you know, Ron mm-hmm. Rivera is over there now. Uh, and so far, the, the the comparisons he's given people, he said Terry McLaurin is like DJ Moore. And he said that Darius Geis is like Christian McCaffrey. So if, if he's right, then the Redskins are going to be fucking amazing this season. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think uh, he'll be the new coach who's just trying to get the media to be on his side in that regard. I don't see uh, Dwayne the f- being the next Cam. They're also the only comps he's got. <laughs> he yeah. hasn't got anyone else to compare them to. But, um, next bit of news, I mean, David Montgomery obviously is the clear starter in Chicago. He's one of mine who I think could be a, a not a sleeper. He's probably going a bit too high to be a sleeper. But I think he's underrated. He could definitely be. I could easily see him be a one this season. He's got an ADP of four hundred four. I mean, last season he got two hundred forty-two carries for eight hundred eighty-nine yards, so of just under four yards per carry, which is not great. But it was with Mitch Trubisky and an entire offense who just couldn't move the ball. See, and that's the issue. He's a victim of the team where he's at. Um, you know, for a team that can't throw. Last season, they were 21st in the league in rushing attempts. Yeah. You know, I understand you've got to try and keep the defense uh, honest and stop them stacking the box, but if you're going up against Trubitsky, unless he has had a fucking come-to-Jesus moment (laughs) of football proportions in this offseason, they they can just stack the box and the Bears are going nowhere. They've got Nick Foles in there. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, everybody's very high on... Alan Robinson. I think the argument is that Mitch Trubisky might suck, in which case Nick Foles come in, comes in, or Nick Foles might suck, in which case Trubisky. They're going to put the best QB out there. Yeah, and Foles can play. Yeah, and um, and then they've got their new OC. They've got uh, Bill Lazor out there, um, who is an O-line coach predominantly. So hopefully he'll be able to get some sort of protection for them, open up the life because if if Montgomery. 242 carries if he has the same number of carries or a few more carries you've got to remember he was a rookie last season mm-hmm. give, give him a few more carries if Trubitsky or Foles can actually air the ball out a bit more means they can't they won't be able to stack the boxes Montgomery could have a lot of upside this season could be he's a he's a boom or bust player depending yeah. on the throw game at the Bears I mean personally <laughs> I, for me if I can if I can get him in the fourth Fifth, well, fifth round, really. If I can get him in the fifth round, I will take him in a heartbeat. Absolutely in a heartbeat. Um, other running back news, we've got Philip Lindsay. He's very excited by his new offense, apparently. Uh, obviously, uh, Melvin Gordon poses a threat to him. But they go, they're talking about doing very fast-paced, very aggressive offense, which fits Lindsay down to the ground, fits Gordon down to the ground as well. He's had... See- I mean, looking at the stats, though, he only broke 20 touches in a game once last year. Fine, but he's broken 1,000 yards both of his seasons. He's got, I know, he, but you're going to bring in Melvin Gordon to take some of those touches. There's also, a, 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 I think, a, a slightly larger issue there is that they have such a lack of depth at, on the offensive line. It could be two injuries down the road and defences will just be swamping them. Yeah, I think... Uh, He's going to be one to watch. He, I think he's definitely got the ability. He's got a 903 ADP. He could be a steal at that point. You know, mm. standard, given that yeah, we're, absolutely. In, we're in a PPR league, he could have standalone flex appeal, definitely. Yeah, I um, wouldn't be taking him in the first five rounds, though. Oh, God, no. No, Jesus. I, don't know, I mean, Royce Freeman's moved down. It, it also is to do with your belief in Drew Locke. If you think Drew Locke can get an established relationship with Jerry Judy, with KJ Hamler, continue Cortland Sutton, whose production dropped off a fucking cliff face with Drew Locke. But if Drew Locke can actually do well and buck the trend of John Elway getting terrible QBs, then uh, he's, he's someone to look at for me. Someone to look at. Kareem Hunt as well. Uh, he's come out and said he, he understands he's a two to Chubb's one. It's going to be a one-two punch and he is the two. But their new head coach, Stefanski, obviously came across from Minnesota last season where Dalvin Cook saw tremendous production. Mm -hmm. Expecting Chubb to be ground and pound, but Chubb doesn't have much of a receiving game to him. Kareem Hunt does. Uh, If you ignore week 17, 
of last season. Kareem Hunt had a 1,140 all-purpose yard, 16-game pace with 90 receptions and eight touchdowns. He missed half the season, admittedly, so it's a it's a kind of seven-game sample. But that's great I will production. say though, in those seven games, Nick Chubb was being used as a receiving back. He watched the highlights for the Browns last year, and Chubb is catching just as much as Hunt was. I don't believe he was catching enough to get 90 receptions on the season. Maybe not that many, but he was taking... It's not like, hey, we'll, we'll trot out Hunt for a, for a throw. They were not afraid to put Chubb on a taxi route, send him down the sideline uh, and hit him in the flats. But Nick Chubb ended the season with 49 targets and 36 receptions. Kareem Hunt in seven games had 44 targets and... 37 receptions so more receptions in less than half as many and on that note Kareem Hunt has apparently been attending meetings with the wide receivers given given that at the Browns you've got you've got ODB you've got Jarvis Landry neither of whom are fit at the moment who's their third receiver uh Hooper well yeah but I mean he's a tight end and uh well you've got Najuka uh, again, tight, but I, I, I think it's Kareem Hunt. You line him up in the slot, he could be. He's fast enough. He's certainly maybe not a, for the not for the maybe you know go routes, but certainly enough for anything cross middle field. He's going mid mid fifth round. Could be, could be something interesting uh, going around the same time as Courtney Sutton. See, I don't know if he's going to go for a thousand yards there. I know that Odell and Landry aren't both fit at the moment, but if you're considering that Chubb, Odell and Landry are all going to go for a thousand yard seasons, I don't know if there's going to be enough touches in in the game to see Kareem through for another thousand yard season. Well, side note, actually, talking about Landry, uh, since 2014, he is the only wide receiver to have played all 96 games. And it looks like he's going to buck that trend. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to miss the start of the season, which is a sad way to start the season. But it does mean that his ADP is likely going to be dropping down, so you could get yourself a bit of a steal at that point. Um, I think an interesting stat for the Browns, though, is that the last time they ran more than they passed it was 2009. So if Kareem Hunt is going to have an upside, it's, he's got to be the uh, the unabashed fuck. What the word am I looking for? <laughs> Unchallenged receiving undisputed. back. I think, undisputed yeah. receiving back. I think that's the role he's going to be filling in the Browns. Uh, yeah, 100% agree. Uh, I think Chubb is going to be that ground and pound. Because, uh, I mean, Stefanski obviously has come across the Browns. It's not the same as the Vikings. But you know who the uh, Vikings receiver with the second most receptions last season was? No. It was Dalvin Cook, their running back. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, this is a team with Carl Rudolph with Adam Thielen and with Stefan Diggs. If anything similar to that comes across the Browns, then Kareem Hunt definitely has standalone appeal, um, let alone uh, handcuff appeal. Yeah. Oh, Christ on a bike. Oh, there we go. That's beer for you. And then sticking with running this backs. This is why cider is the superior choice. Is it, is it flat cider? Yes. Oh. Vintage. So old. Um, and then just very quickly. Uh, the Titans and Derek Henry are apparently actively working on a long-term deal, which is obviously great news for them. Great news for his Derek stats Henry. last year were just silly. Uh, yes, um, be interesting. Fifteen hundred and forty yards, sixteen TDs. It's, in a PPR league like ours, I mean, I'm I'm worried because I've got the one hundred and four. Obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley have already been kept, so. When it comes to me, uh, Barkley being kept at the second, so really I have the third pick, and it's between Zeke, Kamara, Derek Henry. It's I, I'm desperately hoping that A, my league mates don't listen to this, and B, that I'm not left with Henry, because I, I won't be able to pass on Henry, but also his You don't last, necessarily want him either. His, a, I, I, he's massive. He's amazing. He's Powerful, but I, I, the the sort of level of production, I find it's going to be very difficult for him to continue, especially to continue without 
injuries and his lack of receiving. He had 24 targets all season. Yeah, he is not a, he's not a receiving back. You know, ex- exactly, which is, which is fine. It fits well with Rabel's offense over at Tennessee. But I, I think if you were just going to pound and pound and pound and pound running backs, there's a running back who gets out for the season early on every single season. And yes, Derek Henry has shown some staying power. But if it's him and you've got your entire fantasy team hinged around him, it's fucking terrifying. But, mm. but it'd be interesting if he does sign a deal and they manage to sort things out amicably. I'd love to see how it affects the Mixon situation, the Dalvin Cook situation. Because Dalvin Cook's after a deal. The, the dude's never played 16 games in the season. I don't think he's got that much leverage. I know we've spoken about this on a previous episode. but See, and this is the thing for me. You know, like last year, Derek Henry had 303 touches. Dalvin Cook was only rocking 250. Mm. You know, he's got 400 nearly to the dot, 400 yet less yards on the season than Derrick Henry did. Henry deserves that contract. Dalvin Cook is good, but I don't think he's as good as he's trying for. There seems to be a lot of ego in the league at the moment. Everyone wants to be that record-setting contract player. And I, I understand that everyone thinks that they're their best. I don't think you can succeed in the NFL without genuinely believing that you are there to compete and you can win. But you've got to face reality that you are not best in the league. You should not be going after the best in the league money. Because at the end of the day, you're just taking cap from the team and you're just going to hurt your chances of winning that Super Bowl. Uh, interestingly, the, I mean, you said about the comparison between Cook and Henry. They ended as in our league again, slightly weird scoring, but they ended up as RB5 and RB6 respectively. Cook was five and Henry was six. Cook really? played Cook played 14 games, Henry played 15. There was 1.3 points between them. Um, Is this because of um, pr- uh, post-season stuff which doesn't no, no, no. the league. No, 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 this is all regular season. So 14 games and 15 games. 400 yards more. How is that possible? He got 400 rushing yards more. Cal- uh, Dalvin Cook had 300 receiving yards more. Ah, okay. Uh, he also lost fewer fumbles. He got more first downs, which obviously we get the points for. Touchdowns, he had fewer. Oh, that's interesting. It says Darwin Cook didn't have any receiving touchdowns. I don't believe that. Apparently, well, Cook, I mean, had, Cook yeah. only had 13 TDs last year. Yeah, apparently. That's three TDs less. Mm. I mean, Darwin Cook was still, you know, chugging along. That's, that's, that's a train of TDs. But, I mean, at the moment, he's, he's up there as one of my... I didn't even mention him as, as a player that I could pick up. If I was doing my, if we were doing our draft today or tomorrow, I wouldn't pick up Dalvin Cook at the 104. You kidding me? Mm -mm. Uh, He said he's come out. He said he's willing to hold out. And I mean, unless you're going to take him with the 104 and then take Madison in the ninth, tenth round, just as just in case. But Madison isn't as good as Dalvin Cook. That's why he's not the starter. So you're going to be hurting yourself there. Anyway, if I, we we can move on to our QB rankings now. So it's just to see where we stand as a reference against ECR. So ECR currently has Lamar Jackson as number one, Patrick Mahomes, P- Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. That's the expert consensus rankings top 12 for the QBs this season. Their ADPs within that are very interesting to look at because the ADP does not necessarily match up with their ECR. Um, For example, Dak Prescott, you could actually get him later than his overall ECR, but um, Tom Brady, especially Tom Brady, 87th overall, as in 87th overall player, but he's being drafted 109th. So that's like nearly two rounds in a 12-team league where you can get Tom Brady on a steal. Um, my top 12, um, I see Patrick Holmes instead of Lamar Jackson at number one. I just don't think Lamar Jackson can 
maintained the pace he was on. Last season, he had 401 passing attempts. And I know with Jackson, his his passing isn't the, the main part of his attack. That's the, the point of him is that he is a cheat code. He, he rushes like a motherfucker. And so he gets, he gets he's like a run, half a running back on top of your QB. But he was also anomalously efficient last season. He had uh, 401 passing attempts, not completions, attempts, and 36 touchdowns. So he was nigh on a 9% touchdown rate. Um, just to put that in perspective, uh, Tom Brady's career touchdown rate, 5.4%. Peyton Manning, career, 5.7%. Drew Brees, 5.3%. Rogers, 6%. Patrick Mahomes, 6.9%. This dude was throwing for basically 9%. I, that, I, I, if, let's say he drops down. Let's still say he's still head and shoulders above the rest of the league. Let's say he goes down to 7.5%. That's That gives him 30 passing touchdowns. I mean, the terrifying thing actually is that were we to take those thirty-six touch, those thirty-six points for the six touchdowns off him, he's still head and shoulders above Dak in our scoring, which is just mental. But I, I just don't think it's sustainable. So I see Lamar Jackson moving down. I see Patrick Holmes. I, he, he's undisputed to me. He's great. Um, I then see Dak as my number two because he's got a little bit of rushing upside. He's now got three legit receivers. He's got Blake Jarwin, who could do something uh, as tight end. He's still got a great O-line. He's still got Zeke Elliott, who was catching some balls last season. I think Dak is primed for a breakout year, especially since he's playing for his contract. Um, Lamar Jackson down at three. Russell Wilson at four. Um, Russell Wilson hardly throws the ball. I don't want to rank him that high, but the, you know what? The dude's just good. Uh, you know, he, he's just good. He's still got Tyler Lockett. He's got DK Metcalf, who I looked into. He is just spectacularly efficient. Um, he won eighty-one percent of his contested catches. I, uh, he, uh, he's, he's just good. Uh, they give him the ball more, and he's going to be an absolute beast. Um, my number five, I've got Drew Brees. It was only when I started statting him out. I fucking love Drew Brees this season. Um, everybody always says that, oh, yeah, Drew Brees, he's really good. Yeah, he's really efficient, but he, he's not passing the ball. He's not passing the ball. He don't pass the ball. Last year, he was on pace for his most pass attempts uh, before the injury. He was on pace for the most pass attempts since 2017. His 16-game pace at the rate he was going was 35 touchdowns, 4,300 yards, and six interceptions. You know, it, it, that would have given him 371 fantasy points. He actually ended the season as 283 fantasy points. The, he finished as a QB 22, but he would have been QB 6 if he'd continued that pace. And he's got the best surrounding talent that he's had in years. Kamara, who was playing hurt last season, who gets 81 receptions every year. He's got Jared Cook. You've got can't guard Mike, who really can't be guarded. That guy's fucking unbelievable looking at his stats on reception perception. And then they brought in Emmanuel Sanders as well. I I don't see Drew Brees being anything below a top six QB. I just can't see it happening. Kyler Murray I've got is my number six. He's still got that rushing ability. Um, and then, of course, they brought in Hopkins as well. They've shipped David Johnson, and they believe in Kenyon Drake and his ability to catch, his ability to run. That'll do. I just think I think it's time for a second-year progression from him. Deshaun Watson, I'm just desperately hoping, performs well because he's my keeper, and I declared him as my keeper, and then they traded Hopkins away, so fuck knows what's going to happen there, but I'm, fingers crossed he stays there. Matt Ryan... Everybody's talking about Calvin Ridley having a breakout season. If Calvin Ridley has a breakout season, the dude needs to throw him the ball. And the dude that's going to throw him the ball is going to be Matt Ryan, who's also got Julio Jones on the other side of him. And you've got Todd Gurley, who's past his physical. If Todd Gurley is anything close to Todd Gurley from 2016, 2017, 
Matt Ryan's going to get an MVP because he's going to be passing for 46 touchdowns. I might need to tweak this a bit because I've got Carson Wentz at nine. This was before the news about Brandon Brooks tearing his Achilles. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was before Alshon Jeffrey having no uh, time scale to return. So (laughs) I'd like to believe in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has done well considering his surrounding cast. But I mean, last season he was butt-fucked because of receiver injuries and it's looking like he's going to get butt-fucked because of injuries again this season. Uh, I've got Matthew Stafford up at 10. People are forgetting how similar Marvin Jones' production is to Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay is a fucking beast. If Marvin Jones continues to do Marvin Jones things, Kenny Galladay continues to do Kenny Galladay things. Again, the dude throwing in the ball is going to be getting points. They brought in DeAndre Swift, so it's going to be a bit of a one-two punch or a clear battle at running back. And then you've got Hawkinson, who's in his second year in the offense. It's Patricia's, realistically, it's his last chance. So I reckon they're going to be going all out. Matt Stafford, without fail, is thrown for four and a half, five thousand 5,000 yards if he stays healthy. Tom Brady at 11, because I'm not sure if you've heard, but he's moved. Um, it was a bit underplayed, um, but he's moved and he's now got a receiving core of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, and still got Cameron Brait and OJ Howard out there, who is still an athletic freak. They've got Keyshawn Vaughan out there, who people are perceiving to be a receiving back, but that was actually one of his weaknesses at college, but who knows? Um, got a coach of Bruce Arians who knows how to throw the ball deep. If they are going to be running 12 personnel and putting one running back, two tight ends out there, it's going to give them a lot of protection and it opens up the ball for deep targets for Mike Evans, for Godwin. And then 12. (laughs) Really, it should be Aaron Rodgers because it's Aaron Rodgers, but he's a Packer and therefore a cunt. Um, So I'm saying Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen is going to be throwing the ball back in deep because that's what Josh Allen does. It won't be accurate, but he'll be throwing it deep and he'll be throwing it deep to either Smokey Brown or to Stefan Diggs. One of them is going to catch it. One of them is going to score a touchdown. And then on top of that, you've got Josh Allen with his rushing ability and his touchdown poaching ability from Devin Singletary, who again won't get any goal line touchdowns. So, after that monologue, to recap, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Josh Allen. (sighs) And breathe. Go, I'm going to pretend to listen while I drink. Uh, So, I'm going to start off by saying that I'm not going to go into all the stats. I don't think we need to, to go into the individual stuff there again. I'm going to come to it from a slightly different, I think, area of of, of fantasy. And that is that if I have a fantasy player on my team, I'm more likely to want to watch that player play. And so some of my decisions were influenced by how exciting a QB is to watch Uh, as well. It's an emotional rankings. It can be. And not always. (laughs) Okay. You know, we I, I do have some uh, some differences and some similarities. So I'm going to start off saying Patrick Mahomes, number one. Um, the, the dude is just so good. Yeah, and to be honest, I believe in the Chiefs' offensive weapons more than I do the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've... Lamar Jackson is a, an incredible individual talent. He's got the legs. He's got the accuracy. But I think Patrick Mahomes' surrounding cast is just overall better. Lamar Jackson, for me, is, is either going to dominate like he did last season or he's going to fall off a fucking cliff. I've got yeah. him down at three because it would be madness to not have him in my top 12. But I could easily see Lamar Jackson coming eighth, ninth, tenth. Easily. See, I, I do believe in him, so I've got him at number two. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, like I say, he's got the individual talent. The lasers are there. The legs are there. You know, there was a spark almost of uh, 2015 MVP cam watching him. You know, there aren't too many quarterbacks that are as elusive as that who are willing to put their bodies on the line like he is. I think we can see the effects of that with Cam now being a free agent. So I was going to say, it's also fucking injury. Lamar Jackson, 
he takes some fucking he takes some licks, man. He's gonna. He does. It won't last forever, but this season, as a as a fantasy uh, pray and play, I think he's still number two. So Ewok at one of our other league mates kept him as his keeper. None of us believed in Lamar Jackson last season, so Ewok drafted him in the 18th round. Yes, and was able to, and was able to keep him for no penalty. So shit. His, I mean, Ewok, of course, was actually met with the choice: Do you want to keep Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? <laughs> so, but I mean, Mahomes was for a tenth. So yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes for a tenth, or Jackson for an eighteenth. Mm, gee, let me think. Yeah, absolutely. This, In a ten-man league, he he went on the right one. Uh, yeah, and Superflex leagues. Actually, maybe I take Patrick Mahomes at one four. Hmm. Mm. Carry on. Uh, number three, I've got Russell Wilson. Um, he's exciting to watch. His ability to just extend those plays is incredible. Like you said, he's got Tyler Lockett. That man just seems to catch anything that comes his way. Uh, yeah. The pocket how elusiveness, do, the play extending keep, ability. How does he have that pocket elusiveness with no fucking pocket? Yeah, I don't understand it. Maybe uh, that's why. And the dude, has no. never, he's never been even received a vote for MVP. Don't know if he's MVP caliber, but he does carry the Seahawks. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the Seahawks, but I can appreciate talent, and Russell Wilson's got it. And his gigantic hands. Yes. Uh, Number four, I've got Deshaun Watson. Yes. Um, Yeah, for me, he is number four because he's got that upside of rush yards. He can rush when he wants to. You know, in a in a PPR league, that is good. The the TDs that come your way when you are a rushing QB. Why is it good in a PPR league to, to rush? Well, it's just because 10 yards is a point, in it? Yeah, but that's the same in a non-PPR league. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> no, I mean, my, my main thing for Deshaun Watson is, A, he'll be running more, likely, yes. because because there's no DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is no longer there, yeah. Um, but now his receiving core is quite interesting. You've got Kenny Stills, you've got Brandon Cooks, you've got... Uh, Will Fuller, and then you got Keaton Duty. I don't know if he's still a thing or not. Um, and then David Johnson as a receiving back. Right? So I, I hope you're. Right. I was, I was arming and arming between Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray at number four, but Deshaun Watson came out on top for me, uh, which takes me into the next one, which is Kyler Murray. Um, it's just such a solid offense. Uh, Kyler Murray has that ability. You've got. Just so many weapons, and and if he ever uh, has a, a panic moment, Fitzgerald, he's just an excellent safety valve. But, you know, there's no need to panic. You're going to come out with some yards every and the, play. And the dude can run, which he he didn't do much of last season, but he can. He's got legs. He can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if he opens up a bit, if he opens up them legs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so number six, Dak Prescott. Is he rated higher? Yes. Do I like him? No. Uh, he has the talent, but the Cowboys, they, they just seem boring to watch. You have an incredible O-line, and yet I don't see them doing much with it. I also don't like him asking for 40 mil a year. No, he's no, not even worth it. Like, dude, your stats no. don't race. He's good. Like, he's reaching. He's really, but the thing, what they're His talking about... His press conference where he said he was the best that ever played the game. And I'm like, mm, I didn't even see that. I mm-mm. mean, mm. I, can, I get it from the concept that he's... No. Uh, he, he, he's trying to go after back pay because he was such a late round draft. Yeah. So he's been... But I understand, man. Like, it's a business. You're going to go for that money, but, but I still, don't know. I'm just not a fan of Cowboys... Yeah. like Jameis Winston coming out and smoke, basically saying hi I'm smoking crack because he says historically <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the best to play the game so well no dude they they dropped you have you. the most interceptions of like everyone yeah. you're the only QB in history to have thrown 30 TDs and 30 interceptions your team just let you walk and now you're a fucking backup to a 41 year old <laughs> yep right, so anyway. he doesn't need to be checked what I'm saying uh, so yeah I don't, I don't think he will repeat, repeat this year. I just don't. But mm. that's me. Uh, Drew Brees, number seven. Uh, I completely agree with you. That offense is stacked. There is so much talent on that offense. 
people say the defenses win championships, but if that offense isn't scoring every drive, every other drive, I would be so surprised. Well, uh, Teams are going to be playing catch up to the Saints this year. You mentioned the defense. That's the that's the worry, which is part of the thing that for me makes Alvin Kamara so attractive at the one hundred and four. Is the fact that the Saints' defense last season was fucking good, and mm-hmm. this and this season they've improved it in the off season. In the off season, so it's likely to be even better. The so they're going to run more. You don't need to air it out. The worry is that Drew Brees isn't go- isn't going to be passing it that much. But that's what people said last year, and then he was on that five hundred and forty nine pass pace. So yeah, we'll have to see how. Uh, hopefully, the Saints D starts off like the Saints D always starts off, which is fucking atrocious, and then comes strong about week five, week six as one of the best in the league. Yeah, and then number eight, I got Josh Allen. You know, he he's working in a good offensive scheme. I like the way the coaches are calling the plays with him. You know, they're working to his strengths. And he comes with the upside of rushing TDs. You know, Breeze, you're not going to have a rushing TD. That man you're earning through his arm and his arm alone. But Josh Allen, he, you know, he's, he's not Kyler Murray, but he's close. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he, I mean, he, he can also throw the ball to the moon. Um, yes, yeah, like that man's arm strength is just he, ridiculous. He needs to target the size of a moon. Yeah. But... He's yeah. got arms for days. Anyway, uh, that was quite a close toss-up with my number nine, which is Tom Brady. The dude's got talent. I don't like him, but the dude's got talent. Oh, he's he, exciting to watch. I hate it, but it's, he's the GOAT. He is. I mean, six yeah. rings. But now's the opportunity to find out if he's actually... Uh... See, the reason I've got him so low, though, is, is this whole you know, the global pandemic. With no training camp, he's going to have a hard time building relationships with these new weapons you know with his new receivers but my god has he got the weapons there and the, the buccaneers the surrounding talent when has he ever had surrounding talent like that at the at the pats i mean at like one, not at one point he had randy moss and wes welker mm-hmm. i mean amandola has done him well and he's also gone yeah i know but this is you know but uh, historically uh, yeah historically yeah but yeah my god the Buccaneers could be one to watch this year. I don't see them really getting going until game three or four in the season because I don't see them putting Tom Brady out there during preseason games. You know, he may get a half, but I don't see him playing the whole game. He's not going to have the time to build, uh, you know, that passing relationship, I don't think. I don't know. Also, someone that old, and I'm just speculating here, someone that old and someone who's won that many rings, I don't know how open he's going to be to learning new things either. He's been with the Patriots so long. He's been work, used to a way of working. We'll find out. Yeah, I think this is there the real test. There could be some friction there. It's the real test to find out if, if Brady made Belichick or if Belichick made Brady. And the, yeah, the sad thing is, is they're going to put this down. They're going to put that argument down to one season, realistically. Yeah. Because if the answer is Belichick made Brady, then Brady's probably going to retire. I know he said that he wants to play till he's 50, but he won't. If he, has a, if he goes out there and they go 3-13, and 13, he's going to be done. The man has moved to Florida for those income tax lack of laws. <laughs> hey, let's retire somewhere where they can't take my money. Yeah, no income, no state income tax. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Matt Ryan. Um, Falcons, so listeners, I support the Panthers. So Falcons are like the big team. You know, they're just down the road in Georgia. Matt Ryan, he's going to do well this year. Yes. Like he he, he's does. always been he always does. He the man throws lasers. And I know he's had you know big talent in Hilo Jones for many years. Uh and they were joined by oh who the fuck was that receiver from the Bengals that came across? Sanu. Yeah, Sanu. Uh so I know he's had good weapons, but I don't think he's ever needed good weapons. That man can put the ball on a sixpence. What the Falcons have done incredibly well over the last 15, 20 years, is transitioning from one alpha dog receiver to another. They moved yeah, from Roddy they're consistent. White. They got Roddy White in, and Julio Jones came in as his backup. And then Roddy White retired, and look, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. They're doing the same thing with Calvin Ridley now, and they did the same thing at quarterback. Um, anyway, carry on. Yeah. Um, like you, I, um, I had Carson Wentz in my... At number 11, I'm going to leave him there because I don't know enough about the O-line to say that he's going to move. Uh, he's going to certainly be hurt by the O-line having, um, was it the tackle? I forgot his name. 
Brandon Brooks. Yeah. However, you know, if they're going to have someone step up, the Eagles are rocking so many offensive weapons. And I know I've said that a few times, but, you know, this is the top 10. The QBs are made by their receiving core. I, I, I just see the Eagles riding that wave still. You know, yeah, Carson but... Wentz has got the ability. He, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. He's the Super Bowl caliber QB. I don't see him being super dampened by one tackle. Uh, not quite making it through the season, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and then, of course, you've got the emergence of Miles Sanders. You've got Jalen Rager in the draft. You've got Alshon Jeffrey, who will, yeah. will return and get broken at, at some, some point. point. Yeah. And then you've got two height. I mean, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz as two tight end options. They literally drafted Dallas Goddard to stop the Cowboys getting them because they're divisional rivals. And, yeah. now, they've, and now they've got two fucking really legit tight end options. Uh, yeah, I like Carson this season. Uh, number 12, um, I'm throwing a wild card in there. There are a couple of QBs, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the ones at the front to have mentioned, but I don't like them. Uh, like you said, fuck the Packers. Ewok, if you're listening, fuck you too. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm going to put it out there. The dude's young. You know, we're talking about a Heisman winner. Um, the weapons that the Browns are using... I, it was slowly building last year, but you know, you're talking OBJ, you're talking Landry, you're talking Hunt, you're talking Chubb. He's got so many options to to throw to. You know, Chubb and Hunt are both players that can catch the ball. I know we've talked about the fact that Chubb is more likely the three down back, but they can catch. And if even if you're dumping a five and out, these players are going to the house. Their yards after contact are good. Uh, you know, and a five yard catch and an 80 yard run is still an 85 yard throw in our fantasy leagues. So, yeah, I'm going to throw Baker Mayfield in the top 12 as a bit of a wild card option. Yeah, we'll that, and of course, they, they got uh, Jack Conklin over from the Titans, who is good. He's a very, yes. very good tackle. But the Austin Hooper, of course, uh, while Njoku's still there. And then yeah. Jack, Jack Conklin is obviously the big one. Um, but I can't remember who they drafted. You know, I can't either. Did they draft number one? No. No, they didn't. No. Uh, that was two seasons ago. Uh, yeah, where Baker was picked. But yeah, I, I don't... I think Browns being the whipping boy of the league is days gone by. I don't see oh. it happening this season. Jedrick Wills, that was it. They drafted Jedrick Wills, um, who many people had to be the top offensive tackle in the in the league. So they've got, they've got two strong tackles now on either side. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, yeah, I I think they are. I know, Baker a dark doesn't horse. run often, but he can. He can run. That there, you know, there's ability to use his legs. He is elusive in the pocket, as he's needed to be. Yeah, I see potential there. Lovely. So so break it down again for me again. So you've got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Josh Allen. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, and our wild card at the end at number 12, Baker Mayfield. Lovely. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And now just quickly, uh, Rota World Football Podcast, they were looking at a breakdown of teams who lost their division, who have the best chance to win it this year. Uh, So number one being most likely, number eight being least likely. Uh, They had it, NFC North they had the Detroit Lions from the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins from the NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, which I definitely agree with AFC West, Los Angeles Chargers, AFC South, Jacksonville Jags, NFC East, Washington Redskins, AFC North, Cincinnati Bengals and NFC South, the Carolina Panthers. Just throwing out that I agree the Detroit Lions. I think they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of weapons there. I like Matt Stafford. Their defense, they've got Jeffrey Okuda over there, so their defense should have improved. And then they've got two legit number one options. They've got who should be a very good tight end. So I think the Lions could turn it around. I, the Packers, really, their offense consists of Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. If one of them goes down, they're fucked. The Bears are the Bears, so I'm not going to get into that. And then the Vikings, they'll have to... Oh, I'd like now. to get into the Bears, yeah. Um, yeah, they're shit. 
at yeah. the moment. Yeah, they're not. They're there not great. There's so many questionable decisions being made by the front office. There. Oh, the front office are fucking terrible, man. They they keep doing too well to rebuild, but not living up to their potential. Uh, number two, I've got the Cardinals because the Cardinals, I think, they just have a lot of weapons. Dolphins because they've only got to come across be, beat out the Jets, who are terrible. Uh, the Bills, who could be good. I think they'll win the division this season. Uh, but the Dolphins are much improved, and the Patriots, and the Patriots would just be interesting to see, to see who knows. Chargers, I I should have moved them down. They they don't stand a chance against the, the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Raiders. Uh, Bengals, again, they they could be hugely improved, but they've got a tough division. My God. Uh, Ravens, Big Ben returning to the Steelers, uh, improved Browns. The Redskins are just trash. Then, I mean, really, this means nothing. Uh, Redskins, uh, they're not going to beat the Cowboys. They're not going to beat the Eagles. They're unlikely to beat the Giants. The Jaguars are getting worse. There's even talk of shopping Leonard Fournette, which is mental. Um, they're not going to overcome the Texans, Tysons, and Colts. And then the Panthers, sorry, dude. But, I mean, up against the Buccaneers, the Falcons, and the Saints, oh, I, they're in rebuild. I think they'll do better than people expect because their offense is, has weapons. Their defense doesn't really. I think they will lose on defense, if that makes sense. Their offense will, mm-hmm. do, them, will do them proud, but, but they just won't be able to stop anything. So I think the Lions are most likely... Cardinals, Dolphins, Chargers, Bengals, Redskins, Jags, Panthers. Okay, so I'm also opening with the Lions. I actually don't rate them that highly, but their strength of schedule is the easiest. Out of all these teams who are looking to win, going up against the Packers, the Bears and the Vikings, like you said, they are they're easily winnable games for the Lions. Uh, so yeah, I've got them as number one. Number two, I've actually got Dolphins, um, Patriots, the Bills and the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, Jets. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, no, they're, ter- they're terrible. Uh, the Bills, okay, they could have an issue there, but the Patriots are going to be in a rebuild phase. So I've got the Dolphins at number two. Number three, I've got Cardinals. Seahawks, they're going to face an issue with the 49ers, who Rams, I don't see that being an issue for the Cardinals. Number four, I've got the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> I only really see the Titans as being an issue for the Jags, but the Jaguars seem to be working on their defense this year. And really... The Titans, they just need to shut down Derrick Henry. I think if you were to shut... I know that's easier said than done, but you know the one game's coming at you and it's going to be coming at you hard, so... Well, talking about... You, you say that. Now, I mentioned to you before the show that I was looking at fantasy points per touch for quarterbacks. Um, this is just as something that you might not have expected. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, we know Lamar Jackson has an astronomical points but basically every time Jackson touches the ball he gets 0.94 points that's insane mm-hmm. but you say the Titans, you just need to shut down Derrick Henry Ryan Tannehill was the second most points per touch for all Q, for all qualifying Q, with, with 0.93 so he was a hundredth of a point off Jackson if Ryan Tannehill touched the ball as much as Lamar Jackson I don't believe the hype because we've had so many years to see him underperform. And oh, he, God, and, yeah. And then he did well last season, fine. Do I believe in the resurgence? No. No, no. I don't. I, I think he I think he did well with what he had. But anyway, sorry, I've interrupted. Carry on. Yeah, no worries. Uh, number five, uh, heavy bias going on here, but Panthers. I understand that, that it's going to be a tough one. Buccaneers, like I said, it's entirely dependent on Tom Brady building a good relationship with the receivers. Uh, he's in an entirely new offense. He's in an entirely new city. It's going to be fucking hot for him to be playing uh, in Tampa Bay compared to, to New England. Uh, that I think that will take a toll on, on an older dude. I also think you know the lack of training camp and his ability to build those relationships is going to be hitting. So Buccaneers, for me, could be a team that don't do as well as even I think they might. Uh, Falcons and Saints have always been tough in the in the division. Um, their offenses are great, but I don't know what their defenses are going to look like. And to be honest, I know Teddy Bridgewater is coming in this year for the Panthers, but the game tape I've seen on him and the way that Matt Rule likes to play, uh, which is the new head coach at the Panthers, 
you know, it, they all work together in, in the offense that the Panthers have built. So we've got lots of dump-off valves. You know, we've got DJ Moore, we've got Curtis Samuel, and we've got Christian McCaffrey. These are three players that you, you tend to pass to in the flats, and it's the yards after contact. Uh, especially having a C-Mac attack re- run CMC, uh, I think the Panthers have a chance, but maybe that's just a, a fan speaking out of his ass, but we'll, we'll find out. Uh, number six, I've got the Redskins. Like, who the fuck are the Redskins? Yeah, no um, one. No one. They ain't beating the Cowboys. They ain't beating the Eagles. They might beat the Giants. The Giants are just a shit, in my opinion. Same as my analysis. Yeah. Um, seven, Chargers. They ain't got a fucking chance in hell against the Chiefs. Yeah, they Absolutely actually don't. Absolutely none. Um, and no Melvin Cook anymore. Don't have who? And they don't have Melvin Cook. Oh, not Melvin Cook. Melvin Gordon. There we go. Sorry. I'll edit that to make you look and sound like less of a retard. Thank you. I won't. I've got Melvin Cook down here. <sighs> Post-editing. <laughs> uh, number eight, Bengals. They haven't got a chance against the uh, the Ravens. Uh, like like you said, the Browns are, are vastly improved. Uh, the Steelers could be good, but I don't really see them doing much this season either. It's the Ravens and the Browns that are going to block the Bengals. So as a recap, Lions at the top. I think we all agreed on that. Uh, Dolphins number two for me, although Dolphins and Cardinals could easily be two or three. Um, three Cardinals for me right now. Jaguars number four. Five number Panthers. Six. There be gold in them there hills. I just, I just think Panthers up at five is a fucking wild card. Like Jesus Christ. I mean, this is fifth, like fifth in the worst to first. You know, I'm not expecting amazing things from them. Uh, this is the real. I mean, real talk to break it down for me. That I think only three of them actually have a chance. The, uh, oh, the yeah. other, uh, between the Lions, the Dolphins, and the Cardinals, all of them could do it. The others yes. can suck a dick. They don't stand a chance. Yeah, just the Bengals, the Chargers, the Redskins are sucking more of a dick than the Panthers will. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, so that, that's it for me. Fair enough. Right, uh, well, let's wrap that up there then. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for stepping in uh, in Craig's stead. Really appreciated. Happy to be here. Hopefully we'll try and get on a few more of the league mates, uh, but hopefully it will be with actual hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but real pleasure talking to you. Just put Jake in perspective I, think I worked it out that you're the only uh, player in our league who has never made it to playoffs that's why I made it the first year maybe but I'm talking about from Yahoo so I'm only going back four I mean Yahoo years. yeah I was going to say so so I mean that's so, some bullshit Jim that's some bullshit so any listeners out there feel free to disregard his information or listen to it it's up to you I mean this I would like was, people to reserve their judgement on the league until Matt comes on yeah, no, he is our current champion. Current, ugh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. When you were breaking down your QBs and you, and you said about Deshaun Watson at four, I'm like, fuck, I need to drop him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you very much, mate. Take care. Love yeah, to speak to you. And we'll speak have to you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Laters.